I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Muscle Tongues Podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have three other hunks on the line tonight, and we have one hunk currently up in New York on the St. Lawrence River. So we're down a swink. He's but- he's a, he's up there trying to get he's trying to get pictures for the for the hunks calendar. Mm-hmm. Shirtless shirtless musky pics. He's trying. He's trying. uh he's trying. I haven't doing seen all right any, up there. Yeah, I haven't seen any shirtless ones yet. Though I'm a little no. disappointed. I heard he's trying to one-up the uh, Mike Lazarus 60-inch uh, pedestal. Well, by the time <laughs> this comes out there's, on Sunday, I guess, that he may have by then. So we'll see. It's like a look into the future. It is. So we have on the Zoom call this evening, we have three additional hunks. We're going to start with Mr. Nick Fiesler. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How's, how's uh, mama and baby? Good. Good. Good to see your uh, smiling face this evening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he says. <laughs> we also have on the call tonight, Mr. Tom Venata. Yellow. Yellow. Anybody there? Hey, and Tom. I, uh, <laughs> I also just want to mention that you have, we don't actually have a guest tonight, but we have a guest star co-host with Tom over there and Kayla. So. She is here. Hi Kayla. Hi Kayla. They're saying hi. She's waving. <laughs> and we also have on the phone tonight the one and only Mr. Owen Seaman and Bigos Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here tonight. I missed you guys. Aw. That's so nice. It is. We missed hey, it's been you. a while. I feel like it has been a while. It's been a few weeks. How's the uh, Seaman household doing? I gotta get Very my, well. my check up. Very well. Uh, they've the the they are having a the great summer to be honest with you. Um, they're the kids are really enjoying things, and we've we've had a couple of really good weekends at the lake lately with good weather. Haven't been able to fish because of my my stoop my dumbass, you know, <laughs> skateboarding incident, uh, which is a whole nother story because I'm kind of depressed about it. You know, we're here to we're we're supposed to talk about fishing stories, and I'm I got none. You know, I'm I'm here because my I'm. I'm, I'm so pissed off at myself, to be honest with you. You know, I've, I've I had such high hopes for this this summer that I was going to be fishing, you know, every evening, every night at, at, at the at the Dota. And I haven't fished at all. So that's got to that's got to have been uh, really difficult running fishing wires with that, too, isn't it? Yes. For the, yes. the boat rebuild. It's it, well, that's that's the thing I've been. It's been totally, uh, you know, my my fine motor skills are are none. Because I can't, I, I can't do all that stuff that I've been, I've been working on the boat and I have been getting a bunch done, but it's just been super slow. So hopefully this weekend I'm going to be out there and, and get on the water. But you only have a little time left to milk it out with the wife and have her like, oh, can you bring me a sandwich, honey? My hand hurts so bad. Oh, or can you, can I have a milkshake? Uh, yeah. Can you, my hand hurts. That, that went out the, that went out the door, like, you know. 45 minutes after she by the time you I got to the doctor myself. yeah yeah she was like she was like you really did you really did break that didn't you and mm-hmm. then i was just the complete dumbass <laughs> you're dumb you're on your own bye 
Now yeah. all courtesies are <laughs> here, delivered here's via some ice. rock. Yeah, here's oh. some ice. <laughs> we can't all be skateboarding celebrity rock stars. I know, I know, I know. But I'm 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 going to be ready to fish here very shortly, and I'm I plan on hitting it hard. Just remember, <laughs> skateboarding is almost as dangerous as snowboarding. Almost, almost. Yeah. Stay home, uh, stay safe. <laughs> I feel like that should be one of those like circle ribbons for Facebook. Anyway, so what what are we going to talk about tonight? Because we've got we don't have a guest; it's just us. I think we're going to get into who who wants to explain what we're going to talk about. Well, you guys have all been fishing and not only have you been fishing, you guys have been catching some fish. So I think we should probably start with, yeah, kind of go through the three of you guys in terms of what you've been doing. And, and cause Tom's like hit Tom, Tom's hit like the whole new world level of trolling. You know, he's oh, got yeah. he's had he's hit some success. And so now trolling is is a viable option for Tom every time he goes out. Are you, the, are you the guy I've seen on the water wearing the Aladdin vest? That it's is standing on the front. Mm-hmm. He I had a mask on too. shirtless. <laughs> I freaking love this so much right now because <laughs> I swear to you guys, if I had a penny for every time Tom took a just a giant dig at trolling. And now well, he's out there. Uh, oh yeah, okay, I didn't Mr. say I, Troll. I, I didn't Troll. say it's like my new thing. I'm working at it. It's like Owen and skateboarding. Just because he went oh. skating doesn't make him a skater. I, I, I just want to, uh, dude. You're you uh, you you're running. You you have your girlfriend on the boat so that you can run six rods. Yeah, and, uh, I learned and, that from and, our guest <laughs> Nick Colangelo. You, you bring another body, you get three more rods. This is uh, <laughs> the the only thing that really truly matters, even though we're busting your balls right now, is that you're out there having fun. So let oh, me yeah. ask you this: Have you had fun trolling the last two trips out? No. You're so full <laughs> of it. <laughs> you're so full of it. No, it's pretty I, cool. It's all right. I think I, I think he is, I think he's enjoyed himself. I it's think so right. too. And I I can I can start that tonight. You know, we're going to talk about some fishing stories, recent trips. I can start this one off by telling you guys, I can confirm that Tom is having fun trolling because I (laughs) spent a day out on the lake with him a few weeks back. And that's all we did was troll. We did. Well, we did a little more than that, than just that. No, well. We'll get to that too. Not us. Oh, Another yeah. boat was. Yeah. But I, w- <laughs> I wish you wouldn't have phrased it like no. that. <laughs> Good segue in though. So we're gonna call this Lake X. It's not us, but another boat yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom and I Tom and I decide to go. Yeah, exactly. Tom and I decide to go fishing. And my morning started by heading down essentially the turnpike to, to 79 and as I'm, I can't remember where I think I was somewhere around I want to say new Ken and I happened to like look up and there's this dude just in front of me towing this this boat with a musky hunk sticker on the back Crooked. And, and then I realized it was Tom <laughs> I was supposed to meet him like a half an hour you know 40 minutes whatever it was down the road so that's how my morning started i, was, I wasn't quite awake yet and i looked up and i'm like that dude has a musky hunk sticker now this is dumb. <laughs> just me also so, late so we hit uh i actually beat you there i want to point that out for once too because i'm always late you did. Now, i think by you're the way, on a if hot any streak, listeners, honestly 
if any listeners want musky hunk stickers, please send an email to Tom Vanetta at gmail.com, yeah. whatever it Just is. Just find us and message us. <laughs> yeah. We'll send you stickers. So, Tom, do you want to do you want to explain for that particular day that what was the game plan for us? We were supposed to meet at the launch. Yeah, meet like not super early, kind of rolling with the Dawn Senior program, getting out there after breakfast, no hurry. Mm-hmm. We were going to troll all day. I wanted to map a new lake. I wanted to have Ryan with me to kind of give me some pointers on trolling. Uh, so we did. We, we trolled for a while, and it was nasty. It ended up being, what, like 15 to 20 mile an hour gusts and big waves, a little boat. We were wet. Um, didn't catch a whole lot. And then about halfway through the day, we had something interesting happen that kind of took our attention away from fishing. I don't know, Ryan, or do you want to roll with this? So or? this is something that I, I feel like happens frequently on our reservoirs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you guys know, Nick's laughing right now. You guys know that when you're on our reservoirs, a lot of times there's like a sail club or some type of like marina with sailboats. Oh, this isn't this isn't what I thought you were going to talk no, about. Not yet. We're going to get there because <laughs> that that part was amazing. Also, uh, so we're we're fishing, and Tom, like, we look out and we see this we see this sailboat, this really tiny like one person sailboat, like it looked like a paddleboard with a sail on it. Basically, that's how small yes. it is. So it's in the middle of the lake, and Tom literally looks at me and he goes. I don't know how those people are going to get back to the launch. Because the launch at this point is like, what would you say? Over a mile back up the lake, back up wind, at least a mile. Easily. So go ahead, Owen. Your wheels are turning. So is this like the, yeah. Is this like one of those? I know what you mean. It's like, it's not a sailboat, but it's also not, not a surfboard. It's kind of like a, well, it's a, it's a sailboat. Like we we later realized, you can sit in it, but it's kind of it looks like okay. a bathtub set down inside of a canoe with a, like a sail on it, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, fully sealed. It's no, yeah. there's no way it can really take on water. Yeah, the the hull or whatever, like where you sit and like keep your stuff, is literally like maybe smaller than a bathtub. Like you're okay. Least, there were two people and they were like knees to knees sitting inside this thing. It was yeah, no like, big like million dollar sailboat. And- no, 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 no. It's just it's just getting its ass blown down the lake about as fast as I've like ever seen a sailboat and, go. And like something okay. didn't look right with this boat. Like we were, uh-huh. we were kind of like looking at it and was like, man, how are these people going to get back to the launch? Because it it was probably twenty. And on that on that particular lake, that body of water, I think the wind was coming out of the. I want to say east, and it was rocking. Like it was super. I mean, it was rocking good. Blowing and, right down the middle of the lake like a wind tunnel. Like, yeah. Worst direction it could blow. So Tom looks at me and he says, "These pe-, he's like, I don't know how these people are going to get back. Well, like right when he said that, I happened to be looking over there. And this kid on this sailboat just starts waving his arms. Like, we need you to come over. Like, he starts, you know, doing one of well, these. Well, no, like, hold on, because I, I reviewed the video. At first, um, I looked at, the, I have my power <laughs> stick running up front, so it has a shot of both of us. Ryan's first reaction was to wave back. 
very nicely, very friendly. He gives, them a, little, he gives them a little like mother, like a little Queen of England wave. And then like immediately after, it's like the oh shit sinks in. He's like, okay. oh wait, they need help. <laughs> and <All right>. then... <laughs> so that's what happened. So I must have waved back, which I don't remember, but obviously. <laughs> very friendly though. And when I, whenever I waved back, apparently, the, like he, you could just tell he was like, "We need you guys to come over." So Tom and I like immediately start pulling rods and start jetting across the lake to essentially go over and check on these people. And we're not in. Keep in mind, we're not in the best boat for these conditions either. Mine's like a glorified John boat. So Ryan's up front, right. getting soaked. You can see him in the video; he's drenched. Yeah, I mean, we were that that lake was rocking. Like it, it's not as bad as I've ever seen it, but it was it was pretty bad. So what what happens when we get over there, Tom? Like Tom instantly. Yeah. I just got to say this too, because Tom instantly turns into like Mister Dad, and it was like I went into rescue mode, dude. I, it it's because I watched that show on what is it, Spike TV, like the nine one one rescue. I've seen it so many times. I was like, this is our moment. I was, and I were on this show. We're going to be featured was, on Channel 11 News. Yeah. <laughs> I was like proud of to be on the boat with Tom. That's how proud I was of him. Well, he just you. like Aww. he like took over and was like, "We got you. Don't worry. What's going on?" And he was just like, "So we start I look at these kids and they couldn't I don't know how old do you think these kids were? Like high school, like 15, 16 I maybe." Would say not, oh, really? They yeah. were young. They were if that, that young. If 15, that. Oh gosh, okay. It That's was a even, boyfriend. That makes it even more yeah. yeah, it was a boyfriend and a girlfriend. He took her out for the, you know, the old uh, nice little date. And they got sucked right out of the sailboat harbor <laughs> right into the shit show that was the main lake. So we realized like we go through and I can't even describe what happened because this was like a complete circus for a few minutes. Because what what happened was we I've watched we, it so many times. I could tell you what go, happened. Why don't it's you funny. just go ahead and tell it? Cause this is, so we, we pull yeah, up to the ahead. boat and I asked, I'm like, what's, what's the deal? What's going on? And I couldn't really hear him cause the wind's whipping so bad, but he was pointing back to like the launch where they came from. And I, he was just like, we got to go that way. And he had no control there. They were like kind of spinning and just getting blown down the lake. So I'm like, all right, we'll throw your rope. We'll pull up next to you, whatever. We pull up next to him. We toss him the rope. All was well, and then we're driving away, and I go to do, like, the pass-off of... So I have, like, a rope on a spool for launching the boat. It's probably, like, 50 yards of rope wrapped right. around, like, a spool. So I, I, I get I'm passing it kind of behind my back to Ryan, and Ryan didn't have a grip on it yet, and I let it go, and the rope just gets sucked right out of the back of the boat. At this point, they have one end of the rope. The other end of the rope is now on the bottom of the lake on the spool of oh, line. Yeah. So it's, like... As bad as it can be right now, we have to circle back around, get the rope. Ryan grabs the rope, and because it's on a spool, he's pulling the rope up, and it's just unwinding on the bottom. Like, if you can picture this, it's like 50 yards of rope just unrolling itself off the spool. Yes. So I'm like, give me that rope. I grab the rope, tied it off. Ryan's up there doing his thing, getting all our rope back, and eventually we get straightened out. The rope's wrapped around the freaking sail. Like Some guy pops in. I don't... Ryan didn't know me that this other guy in a boat pulls up and he's like barking orders at us. We're like, dude, leave yeah. us alone. Like, so we got to point out too, that their sail was completely ripped. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. Like, so, so I was going to ask, did it look like this was like their own boat or was this a rental boat? No, or? mom and dad's boat. Cause later on we'll get to that. Mom was waiting at the dock after this all uh, came okay, to a close, okay. but, but yeah, so their sail was ripped. And these kids, like, they finally drop their sail. We get them the rope, whatever. And this guy pulls up and he's screaming at us, which, by the way, in, in like a high stress scenario, don't do that. 
Don't be the yet. guy that's like screech like yeah. Even if you think you're helping, you're not helping by like barking orders at someone. Never in like a high stress scenario am I like, man, I wish I had someone like screaming shit at me. Like that would help. Right. Like yeah. even if yeah. So just shut. Couldn't up, agree but, more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So anyway, this, we get him. Let's this, go, dry. This dude though, I need to say this too because this guy was up on us in this giant boat. Mm-hmm. Where it was like a giant. I don't even know what it was like. It was the other end of the sailboat spectrum. It like Mm -hmm. had the motor on it, the cabin. It was like a Catalina. And it was a sail. Oh, so it was also like a sail sail. The complete other end of the sailboat world. This guy was in. So, I mean, he's right up on us, like barking orders. And I don't know how many times I had to look over to him and like point at my ear and just say, I can't hear you. (laughs) Like, anyway, go ahead. Continue. But yeah, so we get them the rope and it's wrapped all around their sail. They're twisted up and we're like, listen, like we can't start pulling you until the rope's unwound because we'll just like spin them in a, you know what I mean? Like if you take off and they're wound up, they're going to spin them like a top and cause right. more damage. So eventually, long story short, we get them straightened out. We get them going across the lake and we have like a mile to go across the lake in like nasty conditions through the wind with the sailboat tied off the my little 16 foot bass boat and we can't do more than a couple miles an hour you know because you don't want to like break the rope or toss these guys out of their little sailboat either so where did they tie tie off on their sailboat like right at the bow yeah there's like a cleat right on the front okay yeah i think that's what they did but yeah so we we crawled across this lake in the chop in the wind Got them back to the dock, and mom was on the dock, like, waiting there. She was like, what happened? Well, she thanked us and all that. She was very happy, but he stepped on that dock, and she was like, so what happened? <laughs> so I guess what, someone what did, didn't what they, tell how, mom. Yeah, how did they explain, like, what happened? He, I don't know. He said that they tipped at one point. They uprighted the boat again and got back in it. I mean, there was water, like, so they were sitting in that little, like, hull of the boat, and there was water, like, knee-deep inside of it when we got mm-hmm. them back to the dock. Because he said they flipped oh, wow. it, they righted it, the sail ripped, they couldn't control it. Like When we first rolled up there, I honest to God thought they were, like, there was so much water in the boat. I was like, they had something had to have happened. And this isn't just like wind and wave. And when he said that they had flipped, like I realized that they were both soaking wet. <laughs> so <laughs> to make that even worse, they actually like flipped the boat and had to get it, get it upright. So at that point so, they were just sitting there waiting for someone to like drive by and hopefully help them. Cause they had like no, they were just waiting to blow into the shore somewhere. <laughs> the so next there's time. this dude at, at Canadota that, that, I guess he, I don't know if it's a catamaran, which is like, is that the two? Yeah. Like yeah. A, the I think they pontoon. call those like uh sun dolphin or sun. Yes. That type of thing. And sunfish he pretty, or something. He pretty regularly tips over. And, <laughs> and like I, at first I, you know, I was like, holy cow, this dude like tipped over, but he gets on the other side of it and uses his body weight Flip and, it. and writes it. And I guess because it, it's not, you know, it, it's not like that. The one you guys are talking about, which would gather water, you know, oh, yeah. it's just two independent, uh, you know, two independent pontoons. You could just flip it down and it would be no worse for wear. But no, I can totally see how that would happen with uh, with a little sailboat like that. Oh, yeah. So we took a break from trolling to save some boaters. Save Mom was very happy. The, we're out there saving lives. Then Ryan caught a catfish, which I will say is the first trolling fish officially so aboard my boat. Channel you gotta, cat. You gotta, you gotta preface that by saying like we honestly thought 
that doing a good deed would put us would in that us. zone of like <laughs> mm-hmm. positive musky energy. Mm-hmm. We pull right? out of the dock and we pull out of that sailboat harbor. We're all high fives and we're like, oh, it's going down. We have good musky karma now, boy. Bring it on. And that rod went off and we're like, there it is. And then there were whiskers. And there was whiskers. There and that not. thing absolutely crushed Aaliyah Mag. <laughs> or Wiley. No, I think oh, it was a, uh, it was Leo? a, it was oh. a Leo Mag. And I, 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 I saw it and then I just realized we were doomed for the rest of the afternoon. But that's not. Yeah, until. That's not the only bit of excitement that we had on that lake that day. We weren't the only ones having a little excitement was, on the I was going to say, uh, yeah. my only experience performing any kind of rescue maneuvers, we were like 15 and went out after this like big blow-up storm, and the only reward we got for returning a bunch of life jackets and throwables was a beer that I think the guy kept on the bow for like a week in the sun. Oh, that's terrible. It just terrible. tastes terrible. So Tom, God. we're we're trolling down a specific, very specific area of this lake that many many people that musky fish hit this spot over and over and over again. And what happens? Well, I saw in the distance what I thought was a girl. It looked like a girl celebrating, like jumping up and down in the air, like waving her hands and like you know, like yay, like, yay like celebration. We caught a big fish. Yeah. So I, I, I literally. Right when the words are about to come out of my mouth, I was about to be like, oh, man, like it looks like they got one over there. Ryan said something along the lines of, I think I can see that girl's you know what's. And I realized, too, that this girl did not have a shirt on. And she was not cheesy 70s. Yeah. cheesy 70s pornographic music right now yeah, and she was not excited about a fish she was uh just excited just very excited about what was going on on the boat they were kind of pulled back in a cove not really out of sight of anybody but then when they saw us and they realized that we saw them she kind of jumped off and uh they played <laughs> it cool they kept it cool and I don't think we, we didn't even make it the whole way around the corner. And Ryan goes, there they go again. She just, <laughs> it wasn't just went even, right back at they, We didn't even we, get the whole way out of view. And they went right back to what they were we doing. Weren't even, we, uh, we weren't even around the point yet. And it went right back right back to what was going on there. But that's yep. honest, honestly the first time I've ever seen that on a lake. That is. Yeah. I've only so, seen it on like TV shows and videos. And so never... that, that, was, uh, that was our day on the water. That's pretty much uh, not a single rip aside from a catfish. Catfish. We, we got to save some lives and essentially watch some porn is what happened there. Pretty much. <laughs> all, all in all, sounds like a pretty. It sounds like a decent day on the water. <laughs> Action packed day. It's one of those things where you just put your head down and you're just like, I don't. This is not good. But. So that's uh that's our day. What uh what else have we got story wise here? Because I know Tom, you've been doing some fishing. Nick, have you done any fishing? See, the last time I went out fishing, the we had like four or five hits and not a single actual hookup. Everything was just like hooks, nipping the tails, and we had one that like it sounded like it was on. Took I think it took like ten feet of drag in like one quick little run and was off. Did you guys see the Instagram video I sent you? I think it was maybe oh, yeah. today mm-hmm. of of a you know the water guy wolf. running that you know the yeah. water wolf and the pike. I don't know if it was. I think it was a pike, just completely whiffed. 
This mm-hmm. like completely whiffed, and it wasn't on a bait that was had any crazy action. It was just kind of a a swim bait that was a straight line swim bait, and that fish whiffed twice. It mm-hmm. whiffed going up, and then it then it came back and nipped and missed missed the back hook. It almost looked like one of those. Uh, I think grap Rapala. They're like Pito a glide. Or, yeah. Or... Yes. Yep. And it and it had the curly tail. Curly tail. Not, yep. not the not the paddle, paddle tail. tail. Yep. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That was that I, was kind of amazing to me how how badly a fish could miss when we talk about them having the lateral line and being able to hunt at night. This and this goes to kind of one of our. I think we talked about this in our text chain. You know, do they really? have any advantage at night or are they swinging and missing? And if they're swinging and missing at a trolling bait in the middle of the day, you got to think that they are swinging and missing at night as well. Right. Right. I know Todd Todd Young has that theory that they're never really like missing. They're just like, kind of, I think, I don't know exactly what he thinks. Yeah. They're kind of like testing it to see how it reacts. Maybe he doesn't think like they miss. He thinks they go like 10 for 10 perfect batting average if they really wanted. That's it. That's what he thinks about how, that. But. but then how can you explain like the video I sent you I don't know. today where See, that maybe, fish literally, maybe it was literally it just seeing if it seeing if it switched like darts away or something. Or I don't know. You never they're, know. The thing is, they're like quick. They're quick as lightning. And I feel like when you see stuff like that, especially with them like nipping, I feel like they're almost just like getting a feel for what it is in the water. Right. But for them to go full steam ahead and miss, I don't know, that's a that's a different scenario than the tail nip or that, that right. bump. Totally different. And that's why I saw I thought that video that I sent was totally, you know, different than what you typically see in those videos where the fish comes up behind the bait and is following it and you can watch it follow and then you see it nip. Mm-hmm. This one, the this pike came from below and it was completely whiffed on the bait, and it was a super aggressive a super aggressive hit and then came back and kind of nipped at it. It was, it was bizarre. See, I I feel like there is something to Pike there that they're like so much more aggressive. Like, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't even know. Just like muskies more calculated, maybe. Yeah. Kind of like that. I, so I had a Pike at Conneaut earlier this year. I was, I was actually casting Evan's mini meatball and I was getting all sorts of follows that day. And I had a pike come straight up from the bottom and just completely miss the bait. Like it torpedoed straight up in the air, missed the bait, like basically like just knocked the bait, you know, eight inches to the left, missed the bait, hit the water, <laughs> and then just went straight, just like literally just sank straight to the bottom. Like it didn't, it didn't even move. It just came up, missed, and then just drifted straight down. Yeah, I feel like they have that realization, like, oh, that's maybe not what I want. That's <laughs> fake. <laughs> I don't know. There's definitely something to that. They're definitely more aggressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, I guess, Ryan went fishing again, though, with one of his idols since you, our last episode. Do you want me to tell that stuff now? If you want. I don't want to peer pressure you, but kind of. All right, sure. so I... I've been trying to get out with Todd Leoparty of Leo Lures and, and do some fishing for a while now. 
and Todd and I have been talking for a while and I finally just was like, you know what? Everybody's tied up. Like I, I want to try to take an opportunity to see if Todd's around. So I messaged him earlier in the week and he, he got back to me and said, oh, you know, let me check and see if I have anything. Like five minutes later, he texts me back and says, we're, we're going, I'm, I'm good. We're going to go fishing on Saturday. So I was all pumped up about this and, and on Leo's boat, you know, naturally you want to run like Leo lures, like that's what, that's what he's doing. That's the program. So in fact, all my Leo's up, we headed out, uh, we fished a, a reservoir our standard reservoir for anybody that knows where we're fishing. Um, and kind of went, it was kind of fun because I, I got to, I went over to his house in the morning, got to hang out a little bit in the shop. Uh, he was doing some stuff, but he actually painted. So he put together like three or four baits the night before, like painted and epoxied or cleared them and then put all the hardware on like the morning before we left. So it was wild to me. It's like, I'm sitting there like you painted these last night and he's just like, yeah. Did you catch any fish on any of those? So no, not on those baits. I wonder what type of epoxy he uses. Yeah. What kind of <laughs> did you ask him? I didn't ask him, but I will ask him if you want. So I, I was taken back by that because I've never had anybody like paint baits and clear them the night before, you know, for that morning. But so that was kind of cool. And so we get out and you guys know we, Todd has a brand new Ranger. And I think that's like, uh, I don't know what that is, an 1880 maybe? 60 or 1850 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it might that. be 1880. Yeah. So that was like my first trip in his Ranger and I fished in Todd's and Vance's Rangers. And I, it's just like one of those things where you kind of get on board like the SS Leo and you're just like, Whoa, like this is way different than what I'm used to, you know, like, so I was pretty excited about it. Um, so we get out on the water and I just had a, a really an awesome opportunity just to kind of like pick Todd's brain, hang out with him all day hear like tons and tons of stories you know, talked about St. Clair a good bit. Um, and we're out in the water and, you know, first rod goes off, was on, on his side. We ended up boating, like, I don't know, it was like a 31 or a 32 inch fish. Um, I don't know. I'd say half hour later side, my side goes off. The down rod goes off again. It's like a 30 inch fish. So we, it was high wind and again like on some of our reservoirs whenever you get that high wind and you and nick i know you probably have experienced this on that body of water too like when the winds really kick in like it just turns everything off well <laughs> we were on a different we were in the opposite end of the lake as opposed to some other people that were out that we had been talking to and they were just like absolutely killing it and leo and i are like struggling to get a couple fish in the bag which to me, you know, that doesn't matter. I was out to hang out that day. So we, we end up getting, we're, we're like, at this point, we're like two for three or two for four or whatever. Um, and I sent, I ended up switching baits on my board line. And what happened was you guys know, like when you're trolling and Tom, you're going to learn this probably the hard way. Like me, when you're trolling probably. with boards and you like continuously have your, board like at a specific i don't know say 20 feet of line well that gets from like, rubbed from wrapping the board i wasn't paying attention and i just wore right through the andy braid so i put on a bait i sent it about halfway back the board line snaps mm. so 
I'm like, ah, uh, crap. Todd's like, no worries. We'll circle back around. We'll pick it up. No big deal. So we circle back and again, the wind's like, we're probably like 20. Again, it was probably 20, maybe a little over 20. And it's coming straight out of the north. And that just, where we were at, it's just tough. So we're coming back towards this board and I go up on the front of the boat and I have the camera running in the back. I haven't posted, I don't think I posted the whole video yet, but so what happened was I went up to the front of the boat and Todd was driving, he's trying to get the board. So I, I, he runs me by the board. I grab the board and as I'm pulling the line in, everything tightens up on me. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? I'm like, Hey, I'm like, something's going on. He's like, uh, I'm like, I think I'm in the motor. He's like, all right. So he kills everything. Now, meanwhile, like I happen to just like two or three quick tugs on this line. Right. Then all of a sudden it was like everything let loose. And I was like, what the heck was that? Uh Oh, so I start pulling the line in Todd's back behind the boat, behind the motor, The, the line, what had happened was going back to the board line. We ran over the line from the board to my bait. And somehow that line that was closer to the board wrapped around the motor and sucked my bait back towards the boat, which at that point grabbed Todd's down rod. Oh God, like on the way to the motor. (laughs) Yeah. So whenever I felt that like, Hey, there's something here. And then the release. That was me pulling Todd's down rod directly out of the AZ holder into the lake. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and that's what's that had fallen out of the holder in that video. Yeah. That's so, that's uh, one thing where like I've I've learned the hard way to just pull everything in mm-hmm. when you have to go go get something. So I I'm I'm like I got the line in my hand, the boards in my hand, and Todd's back behind the boat and he's like, "You caught a fishing rod." And I'm like, I caught a fishing rod. I'm like, what? I'm he missing goes, a fishing rod. Wait a second. It's my fishing rod. <laughs> I just like looked at him and it was just one of those things like, holy crap. So then I realized the camera was on. So we went back and watched the footage and it was just like, it was unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. The rod just popped right out of the holder. We got it back. But uh, yeah, that was, that wasn't, it, it was something to laugh about, but not, you know, you kind of realize like Todd's like, that's my favorite. Dodged a bullet. Yeah. We dodged a huge <laughs> bullet there. So we kept trolling. We ended up with one more fish. I think we ended up like we went three for five or something like that. So it, uh, it was a good day. I got to Boga a few muskies. I, uh, <laughs> I took, I took a really weird picture, like holding, <laughs> the, the fin instead of underneath because i i was like i was fighting with this boga that he had on a leash it was a very much like a a saint Clair yes fishing was, f- photo uh-huh. uh we may have been in ohio at that point so that's fitting the the boga grip for ohio but uh it was it was good man i had a, i had a blast it was a great opportunity to fish with todd and i got the cross one off my bucket list got a little slime on the hands and uh might have a uh, might have a surprise trip coming up here. I might get back out with, with Leo here real soon, so we'll see. If he invites you again, because you almost lost his rod. Somewhere exotic or in Pennsylvania? Not in Pennsylvania. Nice. nice. That's what I'm all about. 
That'll be exciting. So his Big. so his Ranger is pretty sweet. Oh my, it's amazing. The boat is yeah. amazing. I mean, it's not. He doesn't have like the autopilot that like Vance and Todd have, like that little dial button that you twist to take you wherever. But I'll tell you what, man, those Rangers, they're just they're amazing. Like the twenty mile per hour winds out of the north where we were at. We if we were in like if I was in like a sixteen foot tinny, I'd have been in trouble. And yeah. I didn't even, we're sitting there and I just on that boat, the way, I guess it's the weight of the, that glass or whatever it is, but I mean, it, it just pushes water out of the way. You don't, they just fish so nice. Like I, I don't know that I could justify the cost of it, you know, personally, but you know, he's, he's going to big water though. You know, he's doing some, some major trips during the year. He's making a run out to see. We're like, does he fish a lot? I hope he, I hope he gets to fish a lot. I just know he, I mean, he pumps out bait. Busy so I as can't shit. imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he's I mean, a I lot. Just, whew, I can't imagine, man. St. Clair Owen is your, to him is your nipissing. Yeah. And that's what he likes to do. He gets maybe one, one crack, maybe two cracks a year to get out to St. Clair, at least from what we talked about. And, uh, yeah, that's his, uh, big fish trip. You know, there's awesome. some, some of those trips, man, they're putting 30 fish in the boat in a day chance at, you know, fifties, 52, 53. I think he showed me Joey's fish. I think Joey's fish was like 55 or 56. Wow. Was it so, a thick one or was it a, was it oh, a, a so skinny St. Clair one? No, he sent me the video of it. I have it. I think I might have it in the text thread and it, it is a, and I saw the mount, like the replica. It's a, it's a big fish. I mean, it's fat, you know, but uh, now did he get into the specifics? Like does he fish just in the summer on St. Clair or does he dabble into like the later season? Um, I don't know. I mean, we should have him on here to talk about it. Yeah, I, we should. I think I'd love, uh, that. I'd love it. Should have asked him when you were on. fishing with him. Oh, I, yeah. He knows. I've I've asked him. He uh, I've asked him to do some of the the video cast stuff. But I said, oh, we're gonna get him on here at some point. I want to talk to him. Get him. Get him on here about the baits and St. Clair and stuff. Because that's uh, you know, the St. Clair. What they're doing out there is like it's different than a lot of guys. And you guys would not believe how many big fish he's caught on Shayla's. Like yeah. a lot yeah, of fish on it's Shayla's. kind of a Shayla specific lake out there. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of, he, he gave me a little bit, but I, I think a lot of times he's going in the summer, Nick, but yeah. I mean, he might make fall trips out there. It's just, you guys know how that lake is. You know, he's, he's not fishing anchor Bay like Dan and I did, you know, he's going right. out. That's where the, the Rangers, uh, crucial big water there yeah the fish nice so that was my my day with leo it was it was fun that's awesome one you won't forget no nah, i can't wait did to you put a again. picture of it above your bed yet uh no didn't get didn't ship yet no i'm gonna if, if i fish with him again this year i'm gonna ask him to take a shirtless musky pick with me maybe nice we'll <laughs> yeah. i'm definitely not doing that <laughs> well so tom why don't you tell us a little about you and you're you're in, uh you and caleb have been out there just banging on them What's banging on them? oh yeah banging. well i guess yeah i guess our good musky mojo from our rescue came after you left we had to let it sink season for a few weeks 
but we went out and we did a little more troll and I'm trying to Nick's been harassing me and making me feel bad. So I'm trying to learn trolling. So I'm sticking with it and we went again and our first day, I don't know what it'd be four for six, I think four for six or four for seven. And at the end of the day, we had one follow a bait back to the boat, like pulling the rod. So that was like my first trolling experience that gave me confidence in all honesty. Up till then, I was just like, okay, we're going out and we're going to drive around and not catch anything and probably not see a whole lot. But like that day right there, just, I was like, all right, now I get it. Like it's things started to click. Can I ask you a question about this? Ask away. So the day that me and you, we were out on the water, we were marking bait. Okay. Mm -hmm. So were you guys, and, and I'm, I don't, I don't want to get into specifics here because I don't, oh, wanna, I don't care. But what I'm at, what I want to ask you is with this experience of trolling for you, you know, with this like limited amounts of trolling you've done, mm -hmm. was this one of those scenarios where you're out on the water, you're finding bait and you're running baits directly at that bait? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just the exact same thing we did. I mean, just go out, okay, bait's here. Our baits are going to go here. Put the pieces together, mark that bait. You start laying waypoints like a crazy person. And Now, what's your confidence level as to what depth you're actually running your baits? Pretty confident because every time I would get into, like, a danger zone, I would, like, go, I would, like, you would hear on the camera, I'd go, oh, shit, and then you'd hear the rod go. Like, the one I was worried about would usually be the, like, I'm starting to get the math right. And I, I have cheat sheets, and most of them are pretty accurate, it seems like. I just sent you a couple other ones. I don't know if. Uh, I'll check them out. But, but yeah, I think pretty, it, at first, I think that was one of the issues I had, because I, I trolled a little last year. I didn't have, like, six rod spreads and any or anything, but, like, a dabble and. I was constantly running baits into the bottom. Like if Donnie was here, when we went trolling last year for tigers, it was horrible. I had no idea where anything was. Every half hour I was wiping our spread out. And now I'm to the point where like I can go a whole day pretty much without like burying stuff. So, and that's those cheat sheets. So that's like the biggest help ever. Like just whether it's homemade or you found them online, just save them in your phone, man. That's, that's a, that's a really huge tip right there. Cause I, I feel like, this was one of my biggest challenges, like the first couple of years I was trolling and mm -hmm. Nick, you can probably speak to this too, but like in general, do you guys feel that people fish too deep for muskies when trolling? Um, probably. Yeah, I was, especially summertime. I was averaging like one or two baits lost per trolling trip last year. Every time I went out, I'm like, well, I'm going to lose one today. Like this is sweet. But you were also trolling on the river. Yeah, but at the same time, I would yeah. just kind of let a bait out and guesstimate it. I'm like, right. eh, 50 feet should put it here. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't look. Right. I wouldn't do my research. I wouldn't ask like the person that made the bait. you're not getting any kind of I feedback wouldn't... on you know, structure and stuff. Because you lost a couple of boards, didn't you? Uh, Probably. Yeah, I lost one on a board with Ryan, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But just so, that trip alone, though, is like things started to click. And Kayla caught her first muskie that trip, too. That was a big Yay, Kayla. Yay. She just yelled at me for leaving that out. We weren't there yet. Yay. but So, okay, because the, the reason I'm asking is I'm going somewhere with this because I, I feel like we you're learning something new here. And this, oh, might be, yeah. this might be helpful to somebody else that struggles, you know, similar to us. Mm -hmm. So you're running, you're out there, and would, is this considered, are you considering this more of like an open water type trolling scenario? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
with limited contact to structure. Yeah, occasionally you'll zigzag over something, or but for the most part, you're out there just weaving. You're, you're I was laying waypoints on whatever where I'd see shitloads of bait, and I'd work my way back through those and try to put my baits near where I was seeing the bait. Okay, just, so Nick, when you're out yeah. there trolling, are you doing the same thing? Are you laying waypoints when you see bait, or are you just you following contours? You when you, like when you're open water trolling, what are you doing out there? Um, looking for bait. So yeah, I, I'll set waypoints, but uh, I don't like to. I forget to delete them, so I don't like to set them. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. But so I just kind of make a mental note of where you know with my track where I'm at and try and head back to that spot. Okay, so when you guys. I want to go back to this like fishing too deep thing because the first couple of years we were fishing, we were getting snagged a lot, like a lot. Like I was getting snagged way more than I should be. I was running everything super deep. Like let's say when you we're say super deep. When you say super deep, what do you mean? So this is what, so like say we're in, I don't know. Let's say we're in 15 feet of water. Right. I was running baits like 12, 13. Which you have to do sometimes, but that's not, I don't think that's often the ideal scenario. Not all, maybe less often. I don't know. Yeah, almost never. Yeah. Yeah, I would think almost never. Unless you're in like a very deep, I'd say that like stratified type uh, fishery, which almost none of our reservoirs are. But so, Ryan, if you're in like, uh, you know, 15 feet of water, are you do you guys run it at five feet down, eight feet down? Well, I think, I think the, that go ahead, go ahead Ryan. No, I was go gonna ahead. say that, that, dep- that, that that's like what was happening that day. That depends on where you're seeing bait. That's why you're using. We were talking a few ago about why that 2, 2D sonar is so important because, like, that you're running that whether you're running a fish finder that runs just that or you have it like split screened into whatever your GPS unit, whatever that 2D is going to tell you where in the water column, like, the bait's kind of showing up. And I know the day with Ryan, it was like every, it was without fail. Every time we saw bait, it was in a zone. Like you, if you, it, it was without fail within like mm-hmm. a three foot zone and the same, that same thing when I was with her without fail in this one zone. And it's it, when you start connecting the dots like that, it's like, well, I'm going to troll right there and I'm going to go back over it. And <laughs> Okay. So then how, com- how confident are you with certain baits to keep it in that zone? That's if that I have the cheat the sheet. Question. I'm totally confident. I mean, now where did you, where'd you get your cheat sheet from? Some online, some from the bait makers. I mean, like some, the, some of the oddball, like not oddball, but some of the less like commercial, like B and N customs. I messaged them and I asked them about one of the baits, like approximately where they run. I mean, I'm not saying I could, thread a needle with it but i'm I, I think i'm pretty confident within a foot or so see that's a lot better than when i first started because i would just chuck a bait out the i would make a full cast oh me too out of the back yeah. of the boat and go mm-hmm. i didn't even have line counters last year i had abu garcia at seven thousands i would guesstimate i'd rip line off the reel and go one two three four and i'll be like okay that's how far out it is so the reason i brought up this deep you know this deep thing and I don't know how many guys feel like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I've heard multiple people say this and I started doing it and all of a sudden started catching fish. So the way I've been approaching trolling, you know, Tom, you're, you've experienced this recently, like 
try to keep so on most days i try to keep baits in the top two-thirds of the water column do you guys fair do you feel like that's a fair assessment a fair statement do you think that makes sense yeah i would say so let's say i mean sometimes when i'm casting like i know in the rivers there are scenarios where you want to be like down on the bottom and i know like there have been scenarios at lakes but, around but here that's like, that, like that, of course that's, there's, that's, always, that's a rare, there's always an exception there's yeah, always an yeah, exception a, to the yeah. rule i think what ryan's asking is yes i mean if, in the most part if, yeah, if you right, you sure. definitely want to be in the top two-thirds because muskies are always looking up that's what the uh the golden rule that i got told when i first got it kind of or started to like get my eyes open to the whole musky community was like 12 feet like don't that's where you want like the deepest bait and then you don't really want to go shallower than 12 feet of like total depth if that Mm -hmm. makes sense because then you're starting to get into you know areas where there might be cribs or weeds or whatever else yeah Ryan knows all about the cribs. Yeah, I've been wrestling them all year. But yeah, so then we did that, and then the next weekend, we just went out this last weekend, and we went uh, five for five and caught a striper doing the same thing, just like replicating exactly what we did the weekend before. Like, I was going back over some of the waypoints. I was like, I, We were laying waypoints when we'd catch a fish, but like I was marking bait and stuff, and I didn't delete them either, but a lot of them still were right around where a lot of the bait was. And which also helped me kind of then piece together like other potential areas. I'm like, okay, like I'm starting to look at the chart and I'm seeing where all my waypoints are. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go over to this other area of the lake, you know, and I'm going to look for like the same type of areas. And now, sure enough, you, like you would find bait there. It's cool. It's cool how everything connects. Have you been uh, mapping with your unit too? Oh, like a crazy person. Yeah. No one's you run out of storage yet or do you have no, the got, zero lines i got the zero lines i ran out of storage in like one day after yep. i got the boat oh yeah man. That that, those things those i got things the, are terrible well right yeah i buy the 800 dollars unit i'm all psyched up about auto charting and i go on the mon river of all places which keep in mind i think i just heard like a factoid that you could go from like pittsburgh to like new orleans technically like from the three rivers so this is not a small river yeah my plan is to auto chart the mon river with my my uh, stock fish finder from hummingbird and after like 20 minutes or something, the fish finder makes a noise and I look at it. It's like, your unit's full. I'm like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Like, this is what people were raving about? Like, this is stupid. I had like one little strip charted. Like, Should I got the bigger unit? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, do they really want me to buy the the 10 inch unit? Like, what is, but then I realized. Well, like, that's, I that's the thing. You got to get the 10 inch unit because then you can yeah. have, well, you, it's got two card, it's got two card slots, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. You can have the zero lines well, yeah, and that, whatever the, else. The nine you does too. That was that's my lesson oh, this it? year. Yeah. They're always going to get you somewhere. All right. That's, then we're, we're definitely taking the nine up to Canada. We got, oh, we're yeah. going to figure out a, figure out a way to run. Can you, do you know how to, to run two units off of the same transducer? Yeah. Yep. Cause if, cause if we need a special cord or something, let me know, I'll get it. Yeah, um, we can get that. We'll get that figured out. Okay. So right, cool. Tom, right. If your recent success in trolling, Yes. What do you feel is the most helpful piece of advice that you received from someone? Mm, boy, that's tough. Uh, uh, okay, I think one. So when I started last year, even with four rods, I only had four holders and four rods. I was getting tangled like crazy, and I think that's because I didn't like know the whole thing about 
having certain baits deeper than other, you know? So, like, I, I think I learned it with, like, Charlie, with Donnie, like, just being out with all you guys. Like, your down rods, I think, maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think down rods, your deepest, out rods, slightly shallower, your board rods, in theory, you would want shallowest, right? Okay, or not, board rods, not, you want wildest? Or? Not necessarily deepest, but okay. deepest diving, like, steepest mm-hmm. diving. Yeah, yeah, correct, sense. correct. Correct. That's so, what I meant. I mean, you might only have like three feet of line out, so it's only, you know, two well, feet down or one foot down. Yeah. But but, but you want to the that sharpest, sharpest, sharpest angle. angle. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. I think that alone helped me in like an insane way. Yeah. Up last year, I was every fifteen minutes, I was untangling rods, and I'm like, this is stupid. I don't know how people do this all day. And, and I was like. I always like to think of the boards as like the timeout area for those crazy lures. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. well, okay. So that's a lesson I, to be I learned. I learned that lesson <laughs> with Kayla this last weekend. I put a wild one on an outrod, and within like ten minutes, it took out I think half the spread. So that's when that clicked for me. I'm like, oh, okay. I want this guy on a board. That makes sense. I want to get it like away from everything so it mm-hmm. can do its thing, you know. And that was something like I I kind of learned it the hard way. No, I won't forget that. Now, when I find a wild bait, I'm like, I know where you're going. You're not going on the outrod or the downrod. Have you wiped out your outrods and downrods, bringing the boat or the board back to the boat? Not bringing the board back to the boat. I got that now, and that's thanks to being on the boat with like other guys that run them. But I have my thing now is when we get a fish in the net, she doesn't really know how to clear the rods, so the boat will just do its own thing the lines do their own thing while we're because i'm dealing with the fish first like that's the first thing i'm worried about and just remember tom when you point the finger there's three others pointing back at you oh i know i'm so, but i'm saying that's where i'm failing now <laughs> so i have six rods out one fish catches catches a rod i have five rods that are going to do their own thing until that fish swims away and hey you I know you know what would help with that Not I, I have the per, i have the perfect solution for you what let Kayla take every every fish. Yeah, yeah. And then you run around and clear lines. Well, that 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 was then, another lesson we learned that you don't bring the board rod into like the other rods. Like yeah, the boards can kind of just sit out there if you put mm-hmm. it in neutral. Yeah, yeah, we learned that one. And then yeah. I told you guys this before we started, when that one wiped out my whole spread, I also learned the lesson to pay attention to which line you're cutting when they get tangled, because <laughs> I cut the wrong line. I had So I had uh, bait in my hand, which was the wild guy, wrapped around another line, and I cut what I thought was the line to the wild guy, threw everything back out, and the wild guy was still attached to the rod. So I realized I just cut a bait that was totally fine, and sent it back out there into the sea, so yeah, know which know which line you're cutting before you squeeze the scissors. Knock on wood. Them. I haven't had to cut any lines musky fishing in a long time. Walleye fishing, almost every time. I'm learning. It's less and less. It's like once a day now, whereas last year it was like every half hour. Get the scissors out. I do going out there and and putting fish in the boat the way you have the last couple times out. I think is I'll cut lines all is, day, man. Screw it. I mean, no, dude. That's that's really. <laughs> you know inspiring in the sense that you've, you're starting to figure it out you know Clicking whether little, you make mistakes and whether you make mistakes and have to cut things wrong whatever mm-hmm. like dude you you put some fish in the boat that's cool man i think that Proof. that Proof. For, to anyone out there listening like you know tom does not know what he's doing trolling mm-hmm. in the sense not that he's bit. just learning 
proof positive that anyone can learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can what do they do say it? about the blind it, squirrel, right? Just wow. <laughs> I, there, this is a, this is a good thing though. This is why we're, we're taught spending so much time on this because, like, it's it was really fun for me. And I don't. And I'm. I mean, I don't. I'm not as good as, you know, like Nick. You're way better troller than me. Like I'm still learning too. But I've had enough experience now over the last couple of years where I'm probably just like a touch above Tom, at least like, you know with we'll just say like mechanics whatever you want to call like you know i know where to put things now i know you know essentially where i want to run things now and it was really fun being on the boat with tom you know trying to get a fish that first time out just watching him kind of learn his setup Mm -hmm. because that really was the was that That the the first time i've run six rods out of that boat yeah well that kind of that i wanted to ask you tell me a Tell us a little bit more about the setup that you have kind of figured out over the last year, because I want well, I want to fi- I want to figure out I want to put some some track on my boat. Yeah, well, that was with mine. That was Andy from Fat AZ. I asked him at a show, like one of my first musky shows after I got my new boat, and he came up with the idea because I have the bass boat style boat with the really low gunnels and like the deck is pretty much level with the gunnels. So I don't have that raised gunnel like a lot of guys have to put like a rail mount or like put my track up high like that. It would just get in the way or whatever. So we mounted the track directly to the deck of the boat, like the carpet of the bass boat. And I can't get a, just a rod holder in. It won't get the rod up high enough. So I have to have risers, like six-inch risers. So my two back rod, my down rod, my out rod are AZ holders on six-inch risers, which gets them just enough up, up, like up off the deck of the bass boat that I can still tilt them and stuff. And then my board rods run out of a tube. All just out of two 36-inch tracks on the deck. Are both of the AZ holders, are they both the slanted ones? Like the I risers? have, I have. well, the risers, yeah, the risers are straight, but then I have two slants and two straights. Okay. And I run the slants in the back, which I don't know if that's typical, but it just allows me to get my down rods, like, more vertical. Like, I can run mm-hmm. them straight up and down with them being, like, a little further out. Gets you over the gunnel, kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I, this year I mounted two more tracks up front thinking I'd need it to run like my board rods, but I haven't even touched them yet. Like I've been running all three out of that 36 inch in the back corner. And it's nice. Cause like, I like casting and when it, I'm not using it, I just slide, slide all the holders out and it's not in the way. Like it's just tracks bolted down to the deck. Like you're not going to stub your toe on a track. Just lock them all in the rod locker and yeah, under the seats, the, forget got, the key. Yep. Yep. I did that too. That's maybe that's the best piece of advice I learned. Take your rod locker key and don't leave it in the car. Do you, you have three behind holders on both beside uh, like behind you on both sides. Yes. In the back corner, each back corner, it's a 36 inch track down each back corner, which holds three holds the two like AZ holders on the risers and it holds two muddy Creek tubes and it's worked. So far, so good, man. I mean, it's no, it's no luxury boat. Like you, you gotta kind of bend over to set rods, and it's no ranger, but it's doing the trick. It's. I I will comment here because I was honestly surprised at how well your boat fishes with that setup trolling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it honestly, the way you have that with the the risers being the key, in my opinion, there, mm-hmm. like. Dude, that 
that is a game changer as far as trolling goes. And I, well, I, yeah. I can't see any issues with the way you have that set up. It, it's actually, to me, it's like fun. Like you have it it's set cool. up in, in a fun way to fish. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. And I like it's... the idea of the tube, the, the tubes running your, your board rods. Mm-hmm. I like Some the idea people of that. Don't like, like them because being... I know they're kind of hard to wrestle a rod out of it it's a little more hard than getting a rod out of an az holder like a down east holder but it's i like them just because they're a little cheaper and i can i use them like as kind of a rod holder too like when i'm not using the rod and launching the boat i just stick two rods in them and or a net like it's the thing about the utility holder what i do is when you put like a board rod out i don't like close the bale i just like walk back to the tube and put the rod in the tube first and I feel mm. like that's been a lot easier for Helps. me to deal with with tubes. I don't know, Nick, if you've done. I that. like them though. Oh, like you're not putting it in there under tension, right? Yeah, that's like changed my opinion on the tube holders. I really like them now. I I like, I like to play them with them, but <laughs> I also don't have any tubes. I just use down east for yeah. my boards. Well, you were saying about the risers, Donnie and I, we tried to get away with running a holder with no riser, but with the bass boat, it's impossible. Like you can get a rod in the holder, but you can't tilt them down past like vertical. Like Mm -hmm. they're just going to be either level or not. I'll have to get a better look at it. There's one guy, uh, Ryan, you might know him, that he and his son troll Pimatooming quite a bit. And they have a similar style boat to yours, Tom. Mm-hmm. But they have risers that get it up to like to like waist level. Oh, okay. I've seen that. I think I've seen so a picture of them, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty slick. Yeah, that's, it what advantage so would that give to have them that high? Just I mean, that ergonomics. Seems a little weird. Mm-hmm. You're standing. You're standing on the deck, so you're not. You don't have to like bend all the way down to the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If you don't want to walk up the steps, you can get one of those little grammy coasters like That's to right. take you up like there you go yeah, acorn but... stairlift yeah yeah <laughs> that's That'll amazing be, that's gonna be our first sponsor wow the grammy the coaster acorn stairlift <laughs> we're talking a lot about board rods though and i think that's one area where i got a lot of learning to do though because that's i definitely struggle there still like out of everything that's my area of weakness i don't know why it's just something because uh, it's it's a totally new thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. even know how to, how, how boards work right now. I, I pretty want to get out on the boat with one, with some of you guys and, you know, at least learn a yeah. little bit about that. I've gone uh, quick with detaching them, but I'm not smooth with it. I'm not like, I'm real quick. I can rip that thing off there in like one and a half seconds, but there's nothing smooth about the way I do it. And that there's not really a good way to be smooth with it no. other than like holding on to the line with one hand. That's what I kind of try to do is hand line with one arm and do the so board with the, the other. Tension. Yeah. And then yeah. kind of slowly leave off instead of just letting it snap. Like, I don't know, but I'm so, still learning that. When I was out with Todd, I took my boards with me. He had mentioned about, you know, if I have boards, bring them. So I get, you know, we get out fishing and I like happen to like look down, he pulls his boards out. Todd Leopardi made his own boards. I believe it. I know. No, I totally probably easy compared to making a crankbait. Just a big stupid board. The way my dad would do it. There's there's zero percent chance my dad would go buy something like Uh, a board. He'd do the same thing. He'd be like, "What's that? Look, let me get a look at that thing." And the thing of it is, is like make that. He could probably make a mean planer board. Shit, they ran perfect. 
And he custom painted the one in like one of his brand new patterns. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, this is so cool. I'm like, I need one of these. But yeah, it's amazing I'm excited. how stuff works. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to try running big boards. A friend of mine got a new boat and it came. It was like a salmon fishing setup. But we were talking about trying the, the big boards up at Chautauqua one of these days. But by big boards, you mean the ones that kind of look like a like the framing yeah. of like a cabinet, like a they're like sort of they're like on a mass system on the bow of the boat. Yeah, but they're not just like a board. They're like two boards boarded together right. and they're running like, parallel. Okay, okay yep. yeah, gotcha. It's yep. like a big tree limb hanging off the yep. front of the boat. Great Lake style, which that's how I learned how to troll. So it's that those are more familiar to me than than the the inline boards. So be cool to catch a muskie on them, but we'll see. Is that what they run? Like, is that what Brad Hoppy and those guys run? I believe so. Out yeah. West, yeah. Okay. But yeah, nothing I have... like that here for me. Nothing like that out of the sixteen footer. Yeah, it'd be cool to run like you know, 15 rods like you do for walleye fishing. I guess I could. Could get a tree or something. That, yeah. Just a whole new make, world, you get, man. You, you get enough people friends. on this. Yeah, you get uh-huh. enough people on the slow. Yeah. I would pack wow. that thing like one of those spring break videos. We'll have 15 yep. people on it at Hunks. We got a lot of people yeah. coming to Hunks Week. And we're going to have to pack the boats a little beyond their capacity. I, uh, I, I feel like we need to make a meme with – Tom, with uh with Aladdin and Jasmine out there trolling on the slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, uh, we had people things. honking at us. All the pontooners were loving it. We were putting on a show for the tuners. They were honking and cheering at us. They thought they probably thought you were the pork warden that you guys saw the week before. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Did you say the pork warden? <laughs> <laughs> He's back. <laughs> wow. I uh <laughs> Wow, that one threw me off there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. I uh what was the biggest fish that Kayla caught? Uh probably about forty two, I think. All right. Forty forty two. She told me beforehand giant. She, she caught a bigger fish than I ever have. She's wrong. And I just want to point that out. Well, she also <laughs> dropped one over the side. We're not sure good. we're not sure how Kayla measures things, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom may have misled her on online. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we got exactly what what an inch, couple of inches here. Overestimate. Eyeball it. Tom's been convincing her that a centimeter is an inch for years. Oh, Metric. Yep. You're sick. Yeah, I, I You're heard. Sick. I heard. I heard she she let one uh, flop over the side. Oh yeah, she's but she did the right thing. She she did popcorn and she sent it right over the side, just slid right, right into the water. What was uh, that? I was not... just watching. Um, I know we're. I think we're gonna have Brian Scafe on here hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But I was watching one of his uh, recent videos. I think it was the the Wisconsin opener, and he got a monster. He got a gigantic fifty, like over fifty Wisconsin fish, and as he's holding it it flops and, 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 and it, he, he, it goes right out of the boat, you know? Ooh. So wait, oh, he yeah. goes out, out of the boat or the fish? No, 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 no. The fish. I thought you meant he boat. went after, out. Oh, after no, 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 oh. no, no. Like, so instead of the fish dropping in the boat, he got like, it, it. He, 
Yeah, he like yeah. was able to get it to go in the water as opposed to in the bottom of the boat. And so he didn't get that you know, fancy release shot, you know, where you get the, mm. you know, hold the tail. But man, it was a really cool experience. I would, I would absolutely recommend people watching that video. I had chills watching him catch that fish because, you know, we don't fish in Wisconsin, but, you know, 50s don't come, you know, yeah, come around big there. That's Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, anywhere, Bill, but that's... that's Bill Gardner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm well, like yeah, three-fourths had... of the way through that right now. Again, the book. second read. But how do you feel about it? Oh, I think it's it's probably one of my favorite books. I always keep... I, I keep, like, waiting for him to catch a big one. You know what I mean? Mm. And, like, yeah. he never does. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, the, that's all the right, only... though. I think oh, that's no, the takeaway. Yeah, it's like that. It's the journey. The way to ruin it for me, I haven't. I haven't started it yet. We, we're not even sure you can read, Tom. <laughs> we're still stuck on the cover. I haven't finished the cover yet. I uh, yeah. Go ahead, Nick. That's one of those like uh, grounding type things. The when you get down down in the dumps. I know Donnie has been lately about b- catching big fish. Reading that book, and you know, a guy that's got unlimited time can't get it done you know yeah absolutely and and had an entire season right. to do it and yeah. just you yeah. know never it's happened luck. but then you know I, as... I i sent you guys the video today of uh joe thomas's daughter catching a 50 plus inch muskie on the lake of the woods on a little spinning reel spinning rod Oh, yeah. know, Joe Tom Joe Thomas, the retired uh, offensive lineman. Ryan shaking his Browns. Ryan shaking his hand. He's like, "There's only room for one spinning rod wizard around here." I know. <laughs> his initials are RR. I would have threw some elbows if I was on that boat. Ugly stick. Those guys, they were so excited when they saw what it was. But you know mm-hmm. what? What what was kind of bizarre is like, I I I took it that they were out on the boat with a guide from the lodge that they were at because I, I as i stopped the video i saw that uh it's like totem lodge or something like that and i just thought the 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 guide was a little surprised by the fact that it was a muskie and it's like dude if you're guiding on the lake of the woods you've got to run into those things mm-hmm. more often than you would think yeah I mean, but he, at the same time he might have been like you know, I mean, fishing with worms and whatever, you just don't. No, I, she was. I think she, I think they said it was a super shad rat. Actually, oh, really? if I'm not huh. if I'm not mistaken, okay. I'll actually I'll, I'll have to look back at the Twitter because his Twitter feed uh, is where it where it broke. And he then followed it up with a couple of pictures of and I'm pretty sure it was a, a, a super shad rat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. I wonder, like in certain areas up there if they just run into more pike though like you know like that could here. be they could I'm be sure. he could look down and he, be like oh did. didn't expect the musket here because we've been yeah you know. it was definitely a super shad wrap huh. um it, he called it a magnum shad wrap he said i think the bait was a magnum shad wrap. Mm-hmm. he put a picture definitely a super shad wrap and she was definitely using you know just a spinning rod which is that's a pretty big bait for just a regular spinning rod like that. 
That's why when I saw the when I saw the video, I thought for sure she had like some little itty bitty bait on because it was a it was a spinning yeah. rod. But that's a that's a that's actually a somewhat musky ish bait. Well, yeah. She she throws the same model ugly stick I do. That thing's handle yeah. everything. She just she just made she just makes it look a lot bigger. <laughs> it looks really small when I'm standing there with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of lures, the hot one for us has been our past guest, old Bob and Nick B and N. What's their little? Yeah. What's it? The Rippin' Minnow, I think it's called. Tell us skinny. all about it. Yeah, it's just a little four-inch uh, minnow bait they make. That's been the hot one. So I got a, uh, that was my goal this year. I wanted to catch a few on their baits and get in that little photo contest they have. So now we got a few fish picks on their baits, and I'm ordering more. Oh. So is that your, can we, I think we should go around and do like our, our all-star bait of the month. I feel like that should be a thing. Yeah. Like our hot bait of the month. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's like, uh, <laughs> Nick's not allowed. He signed the NDA. Is that your hot bait of the month, Tom? <laughs> oh, for sure. That or the, like the regular Leo. But oh, that, yeah, good. that, that, the ripping minnow, man, I think that's, that's, had like five or six of the fish so far, I think. The ripping minnow. All right. In the two days that we've snuck yeah, out. Is it, is it a five inch? Four. Yeah, four. They have a four inch, I think four. There's a ripping minnow and a ripping shad. They're like the two smallest crankbaits they have. And the ripping minnow is like this more slender one of the two. The ripping shad's kind of like a, I don't know, taller profile. Hmm. Have a couple of them. Those didn't get bit yet. That minnow though was on fire. We had one one of the fish. We caught the fish, and it was within like three or four minutes of putting it back out. It got hit again. All right. So, what type of leader do you run on each rod? Uh, when you like, because do you run the same leader that on the out outboard that you do on your down rod? Kind of like lengthwise, yeah, so far, but like it depends what baits on it, too. Like those little baits like that, I'm not running like 130 pound fluorocarbon, I'm running like 80, something a little lighter. I think maybe it gives it a little more action. I don't know, it's like kind of like casting, like you don't run your little husky jerks on 130 pound leader. Like it, I kind of mm-hmm. maybe think it's the same with trolling <laughs> Ryan's, like you don't, yeah, I was gonna say, maybe not you, <laughs> yeah, but no, I don't know, yeah, so like the bigger baits that kind of pull more I, I don't care i'll run it real heavy 130 pound like 36 to 48 inch leader 36 uh, to 48 inch that seems like really freaking long it is yeah. it sucks because i make them and it takes like a whole spool of freaking fluorocarbon to make one liter and i dread it but well yeah no uh the nick the the 50 inch fish i caught in canada like i didn't know what to do because the the leader oh, like five foot all- leader yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a five foot leader. And so I'm trying to like, I, it's all the way up. And then I have to try to like, you know, manually, <laughs> physically horse, walk horse the, and you walk backwards. Yeah. And I stepped backwards and I stepped down into the boat. I stepped off of the back platform. And so in like, I almost, I fell kind of, uh, but yeah. So that was a, I don't think I want to run a leader that I can't manage uh, i gotta yeah, ask. bring it all the way yeah. to the boat i gotta ask this too so tom you're running are you are you running 36 inch liters or did you say four footers 
I think I have some of each. I made 36ers right at the beginning when I was making them and realized, like, for weeds, that's not ideal. But this place, like, I wasn't really worried about weeds. So I had a couple. I think my down rods had, like, 36-inch liters on them or something. Okay, so what – and you're running a mix of, like, 80 to 130. Yeah. Nick, what are you doing? Uh, I usually run 24s or 36s. Of and, what? Fluoro? Uh, fluoro or wire. Okay. Like a, With what a type coated of wire. Okay. I really like Todd's from Muddy Creeks. He mm-hmm. does like the twisted uh, seven strand. Yeah. Uh, the, the uh, re- of what? Like, okay. So when you said twisted seven strand, is is that wire? Yeah. It's like a rubber coated wire. And then it just has like a haywire twist at each end with the swivel on one end and a, uh, you know, just a clasp on the other. Gotcha. So I let, I've been running the trophy time leaders and I won't do anything less than 36 inches and I only use 80 pound. So hmm. I don't, the reason I, I only use 80 pound and this might have to change with me running like matlocks. I don't know. I haven't really had any issues at all, yeah. but you know, like I haven't had any problems with the 80 pound and I know Todd Young is when I fished with him, I've asked him, he runs 80. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to stay with the 80, but the 36, I like the 36 is the, you just got to be careful. You got to work, be diligent, make sure like where that, that weakest point is either your snap or where it's like crimped or tied like that, mm-hmm. that curve. And if that's like really, you know, like if you get in a nasty snag and you're pulling on the line a lot, or if you've caught a hundred fish on a leader, like you might want to change it out if you're running 80, like it's yeah, right. It's, gotta all, be on it's it. all about maintenance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. why I like the wire a little bit more. It's just a little more forgiving for maintenance. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to say, you said that. And Dan has been making his own leaders for the last couple of years. And he's doing right. the same thing Todd is. I mean, it's the same seven strand and everything. And the one thing I like about Dan's now, because when he first made them, he wasn't, he wasn't like, uh, there was just a, a little tag end of that seven strand left yeah, after the wrap. Well, he started using like a shrink tube on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really like what he's doing with those leaders. And I, I have all the tools here. I thought about doing it, but I'll just get them. I'll just pay Dan or he, he usually gives me a couple. But the trophy times have been good too. But I just, I really like the seven strand. I feel, I just feel like, I don't know. Sometimes it just seems like that wire just has a little something extra. I don't mm-hmm. know why. It's catching on for casting too. It's like the new thing. It's, like the best of both worlds it's flexible what, yet yeah. durable yet it's like the right. benefits of fluoro mixed with the benefits of wire all in one and that's what like you know so far i've caught two or three fish this year and three and the first no second one trashed a you know 130 pound fluoro leader it mm. was one fish and done but why because it it rolled yeah and was you know hit the front of the bait like head of the bait and it was you know cut halfway through right in front of the the line tie so so you don't have wire the wire just turns into a spring after they roll it up and straighten it out and you go Hmm. you don't have a hot bait of the year then I'd say I'm between a wily fat body and a 12 inch super believer. 
Wow. They're a depth okay. raider. Those are, those are my two production baits. super believer. Yep. There's five of them headed your way for uh, for painting. Okay, I I was gonna say I hope I hope I've been waiting to see if they show up. I just got the shipping thing a couple days ago. So oh, nice. Is there any are there any patterns that you you wish to have these uh, painted in? Whatever you want. All right. Oh boy, see what I can do. Let your conscience be your guide. Yeah. Wow, that's a good line right there. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> i uh God. i don't have any hot baits i mean i've been running the same lures but i will tell you guys i am very surprised this year charlie might get upset with me for saying this but i uh -oh. don't know maybe not Uh oh probably not maybe i am i am genuinely surprised at the eight inch wiley kings because everybody i've talked to have told me that eight inch Wiley Kings are for Canada trolled fast. That is an absolute crock. <laughs> Those baits. I like crocs. I feel like I know you do. It's it's like uh I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Never mind. I throw <laughs> I you off again. Yeah, I a little bit. But I, I feel I'd like say that there's like specific water bodies where the fish just seem to like bigger baits. And that one, if you find a, a system like that, their lights out. But see, the other thing that I, I'm starting to realize that I didn't necessarily realize was that, that that can be considered more of like a subtle bait. Yeah. And oh, I, like thump. The when so when I was with Joel and Doug last year and we got that 45, that was on an eight inch Wiley King. And that was a essentially a cold front scenario. And I've been thinking about this a lot, different scenarios, different baits, you know, like some of those cold front days, I can't get a fish to go on anything that just pounds, you know, like even some of the, like the Leo mags and like some, like the boss ads, some of these baits that like really, really pound. I can't get fish to go in those scenarios. So I've been thinking about this whole like subtle approach. Something almost like I'm looking for a big Rapala is what I've been looking for. That's what I was going to say. You got to channel your inner. Uh, I feel like it's in uh, Sean Connery and the rock. <laughs> Sometimes it's the old ways that work best or something oh, like yeah. that. The, uh, and the, the, the funny thing is my very first muskie was on an F 18. And that was again, like a cold front scenario in summer. There's nowhere in the world with muskies that F 18s don't work. I could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> I could have saved a lot of money and just, just troll F-18s. But I've been on this like subtle thing and I was talking to Charlie about this a good bit. And I don't know, man, I feel like those baits might be getting overlooked and not just on certain bodies of water, but I think in, in a lot of different scenarios, like cold front scenarios too. That's what a, uh, my little secret to success is a lot of times we'll run an f18 on a wire rod mm. so that gives you a little more diversity in your depth so you can get it a little deeper fish it a little more wide uh wide uh, water column wise but they produce what do you mean by that like, like a, a monel wire. wire setup so it's like 30 pound monel i don't know how they measure it but it's like a stainless steel 
wire. Yeah, just coil of, up instead of like uh, Power Pro. Don't turn the clicker off. It's on the spool, mm-hmm. and it just gets deeper. Cuts yeah. through the yep. water. Yep, cuts through the water. Weighs, it's you know a weight essentially in front of the front of the lure. Oh, and if you would go to uh, Muskie Road Rules, Greg Thomas talks about the wire rod setup a lot. Yeah, it's very that's interesting. An- that's another, uh, you know, Lake Erie derived, because that's how we started doing it. Was we were using a piano wire rod from walleye fishing, and uh, it worked. So, and what you know, what they did with those is you'd use you know a normal, say a hot and tot or something like that, and then you put three hundred feet of steel line in front of it, and that bend in the line forces the lure lower if that makes seems sense. like the mm-hmm. weight of the line it's weird it's you're getting yeah. weird seems like, like a uh, pain in the ass if you've ever <laughs> exactly if you've seems ever like there seen are better it. ways to handle that than using wire line I feel like that's uh that's one of them like top secret things well, too. downriggers I mean okay so downriggers isn't that exactly I've, what they what what the point of a downrigger is is to get something down deeper to to access I've, deeper water i mean yeah. that's i've tried downriggers a lot and i i can't get a muskie to hit a, a rod on a downrigger have you tried it on georgian bay no okay i i would think up there might be kind of yeah it might be the place to do it yeah i mean hell i mean you're talking about what especially if you're if you're let's say your deepest diving bait can can get to 20 to 25 feet uh and you need to in georgian bay you have reefs that are topping out at 40 feet that might hold you know the great white whale (laughs) and uh you know you just can't get your bait down there man that that yeah i don't know I'm not the smartest guy, but that seems to me probably someone's thought of that. I would someone think. does. I'll try it next time I'm up there. The other the other thing I want to try, which I may end up doing this this year. We'll see what happens. But I want to take some really shallow running baits. Like baits that only get like three, four down. And I want to try to set them up with like a weighted... I don't know, like a keel weight or like a three ounce weight, like in front of the leader. I have never really like weighted, you know, like added weight to leaders like that to be able to get baits a little bit deeper. I know a few people that do that pretty close to home and they like it. Yeah. I've monkeyed around with it from anywhere from like, uh, I think four ounces, like the the St. Clair uh, staple, like a Wiley killer with a four ounce weight in front of it. Mm-hmm. Really? How far in front of a Wiley killer? Like, how- I think it's like 40 feet. It's like mm-hmm. four ounces, 40 feet. And four ounces, 40 feet. Holy cow. We have a listener. So how the hell would screaming. you do that? We have a listener who's screaming into his uh, stereo right now. Cause he does this. Bart. So if Bart's out there listening, shout out to Bart because he's like up, he's probably he's like shout I do Bart. this. Hey Bart, shout out Bart. <laughs> yeah. oh, hold Continue. on, I want to give a shout out to uh, you know to one of our loyal listeners, Nate Bud. All right, oh, yeah, Nate, Nate Bud, Bud, yeah. Bud. 
Nate Budzuski. He, I, I think I sent you guys the video from him. He was named, like he was asked, he's a teacher at Pittsburgh Public Schools. And he was asked by his students to be like their commencement speaker. And he gave a speech at this at his commencement, like for his students that literally gave me chills. And, you know, it was just kind of like one of those feel good moments. And I think one of the things we want to talk about is feel good stuff. And like, like to be recognized like that. And, you know, I, th- I, I know I sent you guys the video. You guys got to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's just a really cool thing. And it just goes to show like there are people out there making a a difference in the world, you know, teaching kids and, you know, also out there musky fishing and, you know, doing the same shit that we do. And, you know, I I don't know. I I like I I really enjoy that connection. And and the fact that he would even send that to me to say, hey, you know, check this out because it's just it was so cool. So cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I need to I need to see that. I haven't I might have missed that one. You got, yeah, you, it, I, it was like bug. a, yeah, it was like a Vimeo or something like that. You probably didn't even, you might have even thought it was spam I was sending you. So, but <laughs> check it out later. It was awesome. I might just text him and ask, uh, message him and ask him. Yeah, I, I haven't talked. Really to him. cool. Awesome. Well, ladies, do we have any other stories? Uh, any bait? I haven't been fishing. Learn any new fishing. skate tricks, Owen? Did you did you land a nine hundred yet? <laughs> Wow. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Is your I'm wife have you wearing it. a are you wearing a helmet around the house now? Bubble boy. <laughs> I should, I, I elbow, should be. elbow pads. You guys get any get new bait pickups recently? No. I ordered no. some crossbones because we had some crossbone baits get eaten. So I naturally you know my rule if a lure gets eaten, I need it in every color. Mm-hmm. So I I'm s- starting I on those some baits. Bad. I sent some baits for with with Donnie and the boys to the St. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound to me like anything's been been happening on them. Uh, I, we been, haven't heard been, from it's Donnie. It's been a bit today. of a radio. Yeah, it's been radio silence uh, for a couple of days, which from Nick, the highest of highs, the yeah, lowest of lows. Absolutely. The last text I remember reading from him, it says, "This place sucks." Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but that was because of the weather. Yeah, but that you know that's dude. That is just such a, a such a perfect example of why we do this. And you know, he they drive all this way, and they 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 all popped fish on the first day. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like holy shit. You know, how many fish are we going to catch this week? And nose dive. Yeah, well, I mean, trip. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, maybe they could maybe be digging catching, one out right now. Yeah, who, who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're killing it and they're just not sharing it with us. Yeah. But you know, and I hope, and I hope, and we all know that it's all it takes is one cast or one trolling run or whatever to, I think, to change is a trip. Full moon tomorrow. Yep, they're on their way yep. up on Friday, so they got one one. They got tonight and tomorrow tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Yep. So. I'm hoping so shout that, out to those guys. I'm hoping they pop a big one, man. I'm hoping they get one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see all, t- all it takes days. is one fish. One fish can change an entire right. trip. And that's the other thing about this. When you're when you go up to a place like the St. Lawrence, you literally I feel like that is the time for you to be engaged with every single cast. And just you're just like you have to work your nuts off. 
you know, and pay attention to the details. If you're not, yeah, you, there's, you there's miss no it. point in going. Yeah. There's no point in going to a place like that. If you're not going to, because if, if you miss that one opportunity, you're not getting yeah. another one. Or you yeah. might not. No. Hopefully we see a picture. I don't, uh, I hope. I don't have anything else for you boys though. If you want to wrap this one up. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, oh I, almost, good I almost lost my net. That's Ow. another lesson I learned. I didn't take it out of the water after catching a fish and started to troll again. And it got sucked right out of the back of the boat. Ta-da. Yeah. just like a magic trick. But it was luckily it was still attached to the lure that caught the fish. So I just reeled, reeled my net back in. The I don't, I don't so you disagree. lost the net and just and got a patch or something. Yeah, I was like trolling the net for a few feet. I don't disagree with the whole pool noodle on your yeah, Now net. I see why somebody some yep. people do it. Absolutely. That's uh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. This one was full of mistakes. We didn't we uh we both dunked something into a lake this past weekend and got it we back. Did. We did. Going pretty good. It's going to be a good rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Going All into right, the boys. weekend strong. <laughs> well, special thanks to Owen and Big O's Bucktails for another podcast. And thank you guys for uh, jumping on and having fun tonight. Yeah. Yep. All right, boys. Always have a fun. good evening. You too. All right. Yeah. Catch get you next time. And, uh, get some fish on the Dota this weekend. Get mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. More stories there. coming. Nick, Nick, you want like, you want a night troll? You want to come yeah. down and let me know. Dude, let's. I'm gonna be up there this weekend. Let's do it. Let me know. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, I keep get, trying to get Tom. As soon as I, especially if I get my boat in the water, but I keep trying to get Tom to come up and night night troll with me. I'll show you the new and improved Super Believer ways. The the episode always ends with Owen inviting someone to Cannon Dota, whether it's for Hunks <laughs> weekend or to like come up that weekend to fish. It's guys, like, it's come like, on up. Yeah. Come on. Like Seinfeld opens with a monologue. This ends with Owen asking someone to come to the Dota. Yeah. Dota is like one of the nicest lakes around. Hey, Nick. You want to come to Hunk's weekend? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Have a good evening. All right, Catch guys. Later. Peace. Bye. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play. O don't play.